in a world where the Miami Dolphins drop 70 on the Denver Broncos and where Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift, this is the Fair Catch Podcast. If I have to see one more Instagram post about this, I am going to not do anything because uh, it brings in a lot more viewership for the NFL. So that's one of our main topics, actually. Um, other than that, we have a shakeup in the NFC North, and you know we're gonna dunk on the Broncos just because it's fun. I don't like them very much. On there you go. But before we do that, please follow us on Instagram at the Fair Catch Pod. All underscore. All one word. Thank you. Yes, and you can fire in the DMs there, and we will uh, get your question answered on the show. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'll be honest with you guys. When I first heard about this, I was kind of astonished. Uh, We've been hearing rumblings about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey for a few weeks now. Um, about three weeks ago, Travis Kelsey went on his show and uh, called out Taylor Swift, saying that she didn't accept his uh, friendship bracelet at one of her uh, events, I believe. So, naturally, as one guy does, he publicly invited her to come to a Chiefs game. So, it had been rumored for the past week, that's what she'd done, and uh, around 1.30 on Sunday... The internet blew up because uh, they caught her in the booth uh, in one of the suites talking to uh, Travis Kelsey's mom. So everyone thinks they're a thing now. I think it's it's obnoxious because, frankly, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. But we're not even Chiefs fans. That's that's fair. Honestly, the more Chiefs talk I hear, the more tired I get. But I guess this is just what people had with the with the Patriots back in the 2000s. Anywho, half of the conversation I was having on Sunday was whether or not this was a good thing for the league. So, David, I don't know uh, what your take on this topic is, but uh, are you a Taylor Swift fan, number one? (laughs) I mean, I've been a little bit, in a sense, against my will. I've uh, listened to her music a lot Mm -hmm. due to the people in my household. I wouldn't say in any way that she's not talented or doesn't deserve her success. I'm pretty sure she won her first award when she was like 18, and now she's in her mid-30s, so she's definitely been this a little while. She's definitely had time to improve at it, but this isn't really a a singing show, this is a football show. She's just not for me. When I first heard about it, the people around me can uh, verify that I... It was a pretty visceral reaction. Normally, you know, when I have my hobbies and I have spend... 10 hours plus a week watching watching a sport i normally don't like uh other external factors being you know driven into it um but this one the more time i'm given to think on it it's a bit different than what we have been presented with in the past uh two examples of big external things that that come to mind that involve nfl players is number one last year with the uh, DeMar Hamlin incident. That incident not only rocked the NFL community, but also every news outlet that could get its hands on it. And we had millions of people donating millions of dollars to uh, DeMar's 
charity. And that was a very positive thing. And it came out of a very negative, uh, scary event. Uh, thankfully, that that event was used for good. And Damar is now, uh, uh, I believe, playing for the Bills again. But that's an example of something external that comes into our our mainstream vision in the NFL that is not good. Another example is uh, with Colin Kaepernick and his his demonstrations uh, during the national anthem and his further uh, critiques of of America's systems. That brought a lot of attention to the NFL. It was negative attention. And it kept it in the conversation, you know, oh, what's happening with the, with the sports world. But it didn't do the league any favors, really. So those were two of the biggest things that have happened in the past uh, 15 years uh, that where the NFL has crossed into the mainstream uh, the way it does. Besides, like, the Super Bowl halftime show, that's also pretty fun. But the Super Bowl is, is a bit outside of what we're talking about. This is week three of the league and we have a, a massive bump in viewership in uh, merchandise sales for the league i mean this is a real boom for them so as i was saying the league sometimes uh when it's called out by by the public it's in a very negative way but the taylor swift situation is a bit different uh you really just have pure positivity besides um them rooting for the breakup so we can get an album uh but other than that, it's really just been, oh, yeah, look at these two uh, really superstars in their field uh, interacting this way. And it's cool to see. And I admit I would have never thought that I'd have people talking to me about football and trying to learn things about football that I would have, uh, you know, never thought, never thought possible. I would have never thought I'd be able to to rope them into this uh, this cultish fan fanaticism that we uh, all seem to have for the game so really uh i started off being an enemy of this story a real advocate to keep uh sports and the mainstream separate but honestly the nfl is not going to stay relevant forever and the more it can have positive attention and uh more exposure to different people the better so actually thank you taylor swift for giving the NFL another breath of life in a year that has been filled with injury. Yeah, you uh, you definitely had a point there. I bet the NFL is definitely happy about this change of pace here for the last 15 years, uh, give or take. They've had some pretty bad incidents. They've had some interesting changes, some poor handling of things, and then just events outside of their control that their players uh, did, willingly or unwillingly. And all of that kind of spiraled into negative attention, you know? These days when you hear about football, it's how can we make the game safer? There's, safer? There's always these injuries happening. How can we do this to improve the league? There's all of this happening. There's, you know, connotations of real-world political issues in what is supposed to be a sport for entertainment, uh, a place to, like, you know, it's all about winning, all about succeeding in your field, all about having fun for the viewer, just things like that. And all of these events, when it gets put in the mainstream, even though the NFL is obviously very popular, when it gets put to the average non-sports-watching viewer, it's definitely portrayed negatively. But now with this event of kind of this budding romance between these two really popular, I mean, they're, ce they're celebrities. They're both really popular celebrities. 
and this just kind of cute little thing. You know, there's Instagram posts. Oh, he's looking at her in the in the booth. You know, they're smiling at each other. They're Taylor gets so happy when she sees him get a touchdown. You know, even if it is, uh, you know, not not gonna last forever. Not gonna do anything. All it does is bring more more positive attention to the NFL, and that kind of publicity is what the NFL needs. Because for the NFL, not all publicity is good publicity, but fortunately, this is good publicity. Definitely, definitely. I think when you have uh, this, this is just starting, right? Uh, hopefully this doesn't get turned into something negative. Uh, you don't ever hope for that, and I don't hope for that, but uh, fingers crossed, really, on this situation, and it's a good development uh, to come from the league. And hey, she is thinking about coming back for Sunday Night Football. So, uh, yeah, tune in to watch that, I guess. But, yeah, other than that, that's it for Taylor Swift on this podcast. Thank you. Uh, Swifties, you're no longer obligated to listen. But uh, if you, don't you do, have bad blood, Swifties. That's all I'm saying. If you do, uh, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled football programming. I think the Who, secret's out. Who's she here to see? I mean, I think I think the secret's out. I think we can uh, play matchmaker and uh, put put the rumors to rest. I think they are officially a couple, and I think the internet right now is going insane. <laughs> Good pickup on the blitz. Mahomes gives him time right to Kelsey. Into Bears territory, down across the 35. It's not very often that you get a team dropping 50 points on a team, let alone dropping 70. That's kind of unheard of. Only four teams in the league have ever on that in the history of the NFL and the Miami Dolphins did it last week against Sean Payton's Russell Wilson backed riding high Broncos Orton Sutton Ugh. yeah Broncos. it's uh it's sad where the Broncos are at but that's not the focus right now the focus is on the fact that Mike McDaniel had the audacity to go up into the stands and suggest plays and have and have um have viewers fans. fans thank you suggest plays to him and he would call them on the field and it just but, works it's like yeah they scored like two more touchdowns after he did that and after that you you know you're lined up there's 4 minutes to go in the game it's crazy they they go down the field they just run the ball out right and they're at like the 15 if they'd gone 10 more yards they would have broken the all-time yardage record and so they had a choice they either uh further embarrass the broncos by kicking a field goal scoring 73 which would break the all-time scoring record by one or uh go the easy way out and kneel and that's the option that they took and i'm disappointed to be honest not because it wasn't the right thing to do because it might have been the right thing to do right like you've embarrassed sean payton who has won a super bowl before and is trying to get this team back in uh back in order after the disaster of nathaniel hackett uh last year it would make sense not to embarrass the broncos but 
here's what the Broncos did after that. They kneel down, which leaves about 14 seconds left on the clock, pretty much. Uh, not Maybe not 14. Uh, not enough to do anything, right? You're down by 50. So, naturally, you've just been spared the agony of getting the most points scored on you ever. So, what do you do? You take a knee for the other team, right? Well, they actually decide to run a play. They run an inside uh, draw with the running back, and he gets pummeled behind the line of scrimmage, obviously. But it was just like, you know, you've just been done a favor, and the least you could do is to take a knee. And they still had Russell Wilson out there. They still had Russell Wilson out to the final snap. I don't get that. You know, you have your quarterback who you're paying, I forget, $200 million, and he's just going to like, oh, yeah, we're down by 43, now 50. Uh, going to hand it off to my running back, maybe get stomped on and uh, break my collarbone or something. Like, that, that, that's, the, that's why it, it shows, um, it's evident that the Dolphins should have broken the all-time scoring record because, frankly, Russell Wilson does not deserve common decency anymore. David? That's it appears so, yeah. The most interesting part to me is definitely... Well, I mean, them scoring 70 points is the most interesting part. But <laughs> yeah. another interesting part <laughs> is the fan reaction to it because a lot of people, and I agree with you, I think they really should have kicked that field goal. It would have been a historic day. It would have been something that Dolphins fans could cherish. But instead, especially in the modern era where you don't really see that kind of thing anymore. But like now it's just like, yo, they dropped 70 and now a lot of scrutiny is going to be on. They could have gotten more, but chose not to. But the most interesting thing to me is the reaction about the Broncos specifically. Because a lot of people are calling for Sean Payton to be fired after this. I think that's a little too hasty. Mm -hmm. I think we can we can calm down a little bit here. A bad game is a bad game. There's no getting around it. Every single thing about the team needs to be scrutinized. What can be improved? What, especially with coaching, what should we call next time? What should we be more uh, aware of? What should we anticipate here? What are the things we need to do to prevent an atrocity like that to ever happen again? That's exactly what it was. Definitely needs criticism. Firing? No. (laughs) Sean Payton is not on the hot seat after this. I think when it was a situation like last year, when they're going up against the Seahawks, and instead of trusting Russell Wilson to get a like pretty short fourth down, they went for like a 67 or 68-yard field goal. It was 72. Like and it was wide right. Yeah, some, yeah exactly. It Even was crazy. crazy. Was and that was like, all right, Nathaniel Hackett, what are you doing here? Because mm-hmm. that was a winnable game. That was a coaching decision. Out by, exactly. Yeah. When you get stomped out by 50, you're saying, all right, coach, maybe... Maybe I, that was my bad, right? If yeah. you're the defense in the locker room, if you're a yeah. PS2 in there, hey, sorry, it's Tyreek Hill. That's my fault. Yeah, for real. Uh, their defensive coordinator needs to go. Sean Payton, though, oh yeah, they he's got a lot of work to do. It's week three. Guys, chill out. We'll have plenty of time and plenty of bad Broncos losses because they've had a lot and they will continue to have a lot uh, of, of horrible, uh, terrible, no good very bad games that you cannot watch 
I, I'm sorry. I will not be watching a lot of Broncos football, except when they get dunked on like this, just completely punched in the face. That's a good way to describe their day, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Very descriptive. Anyway, the NFL day was pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, had a lot of outcomes. Scenarios. Yeah, scenarios. Yeah. Two blowouts. The Chiefs blew out uh, the team they played. And we had a comeback, actually, a 17-point comeback, the largest in Packers history, led by none other than Aaron Rodgers' successor, Jordan Love. What do you have to say on Jordan Love's start of the season and whether he is the next Aaron Rodgers' Brett Favre type? Well, one thing's for certain... The Packers have finally seemed to gotten their their uh, punch back, if you will, at the Saints after the the past few years they have not performed well. I believe it was week one. That was one of the last few years. You can correct me on this. It was week week one, one of the last few years. It was like thirty eight to three. Saints won against the Packers. And when you just get an MVP season with Aaron Rodgers, you're thinking, how in the world does that happen? Jordan Love said, I cannot let that happen again. Right? I need to prove that I belong here. And for a while, it wasn't looking good. What, 17-0 and 0 entering the fourth? Something like that, right? Yep. Seven, it was 17-0 entering the fourth. And Jordan Love had to tighten up his cleats, you know, make sure that chin strap was looking right on there. Dropped 18 on him. Uh, really made a statement win at home, at Lambeau. Really making those fans happy that they got there. That doesn't mean he's already going to be a stud this game doesn't really prove anything like that but when you're a coach with essentially a first year qb he's like this fourth year in the league but this is really his first true season as a quarterback he's had time on the bench he's played a couple games this is his first real season when you're a coach and you're scheming things like this you love to see a game like this it wasn't perfect and a lot of the times it wasn't pretty but you, you can uh go back to the locker room feeling pretty happy about the outcome no matter what. Yeah. Because there's something there. There's something there with Jordan Love. There 100%. you have you have stuff to work with, right? Uh leading a comeback like this just it reminds me of like he wasn't quite on the hot seat like this before, but there were definitely questions about him and haters too. People hated Jordan Love. Uh it kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield last year going out and leading a game winning drive. You know, that kind of silenced a lot of people and bought him a lot of time. Bought him a starting job in Tampa Bay and now he's 2 and 1 and doing pretty well for himself. So, Jordan Love has bought himself time with this win. That's the main takeaway. Um especially analyzing it, he still has some of those like little things that you'd see from a kind of a more novice QB that you just really need to work on. So, for example, one thing I noticed, and this is going to be kind of use your imagination here, but so one thing with Jordan Love is that when he goes for like a deep ball, say 20, 25, 30 yards and beyond, he does this thing where he has his feet set, he has his target, you can see kind of his eyes light up, he's going to throw. For whatever reason, he'll like pop up in the air, he'll like almost hop a little bit. He'll get away from his set position with his feet being right where he wants them to be. He's about to launch that ball right where it needs to be. He kind of hops up and it sort of loses that positioning. He doesn't get as much torque as he'd like, makes that throw either a little bit too weak, maybe comes off a little bit too strong, 
uh, just some things that would otherwise would otherwise make a great play turn into a missed opportunity and a kind of a head scratcher. Like, how did that happen? That was drawn up so perfectly, and it really makes you wonder. But I think, in my opinion, Jordan Love has a great situation around him. That defense is really starting to come together with you know some of the newer players like uh, Quay Walker and. Devontae Wyatt, actually, from last year, has been looking a pretty good, I'd say. Yeah. You, you know, you're still expecting maybe a little bit more out of Lucas Van Ness, but you're still really excited to see him get out there. Your first-round pick look like he was worth it. He has a good defense to help buy him some of that. All right, maybe that drive wasn't so good. Had to get some some of that, like, you know, nervous energy out because Jordan Love definitely still has some of that oh, I'm in the NFL now. This isn't North Dakota, right? Or wherever he came Right, from. yeah. And he was a raw, he was a project. So that's to be expected. For certain. For certain. Um, but I'd say his success can mainly be attributed to, besides, you know, his own physical ability, is um, Matt LaFleur, the head coach. Because what's really interesting about Matt LaFleur, after he took over from Mike McCarthy, um, his coaching style was unique it was fresh it made that Packers system come to life it helped bring Aaron Rodgers to MVPs it's making Jordan Love look like a great player but they are not limited to just uh the Green Bay playbook here what Matt LaFleur does is he looks around the league sees what works sees what does not work and he'll actually take from what does work incorporate it and do some of that Green Bay flair some of that own unique twist on it keep defenses on their toes and i mean sure you can just say oh well he's just taking good plays that's what any coach should do but he has his own unique way of making them work for his guys not just oh this really worked for you know the dolphins right no one on the packers is as fast as tyree kill that play is not going to work unless you scheme it differently to work for your guys and that's definitely the case for Jordan Love and the passing offense of the Packers, I'd say. Yeah, uh, lots of coaches, you know, spend time on scheming. But when you have an offense that is already built to acknowledge the strengths and weaknesses of your team uh, and and acknowledge like the defenses that are in the NFL, uh, that's why a lot of old coaches, they can kind of fall away if they don't adapt their schemes um but always taking fresh looks at things and really critically examining them is the mark of a great coach and i think that's what lafleur does uh very well so uh it's it's really gonna be good to see how loves and lafleur's relationship evolves this next year uh because love has been in the system for three years now so he has to he has to pick this up pretty quick. Uh like he has to he has to show that all those years sitting behind Aaron Rodgers was not uh you know in vain in in uh, a worthless pursuit. Uh, another thing that you might have mentioned is that uh, Christian Watson was actually injured in that game and will be back mm-hmm. this week. So as the team gets healthier, as rookies develop, as the chemistry between um, the quarterback and the coach increases because you're just getting reps out there, there's nothing like being out on the field and having to yell at your head coach for something. Once that you know really fits together, they could peak at a really 
good time and be really dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, I 100% agree with that. Uh, I know we kind of got a late start again, but I definitely had the Packers winning the NFC North, uh, as they have been doing besides last year, obviously. Um, just because I think Jordan Love can be that guy. He has all the right things, all the right uh, just features of a quarterback. He can end... He can just fit in so, so well, and he's so close to getting there. But again, he just has these little inconsistencies. Like I said, with that little uh, hop thing he likes to do, uh, uh, something I didn't mention, but I'll mention now. Um, that little sort of like flick he likes to do, but he's not really good at mm -hmm. it because he has these just habits that need to be corrected. He has these mental blocks that he needs to get rid of with that nervousness. Once he can finally polish off those finer things, he's going to be not just a starting caliber QB, not just a pro ball QB, but a QB who can take you all the way and a QB you can be proud of in your offense. We're getting an early start on these uh, playoff takes, but I do think they're worth examining because the first couple weeks of the NFL, they bring uh, nothing but messiness you know you can never tell what's going on but it's very clear that we're witnessing the start of something good in green bay with jordan love so i had the lions winning the division and it's going to be a tough race at the end of the year uh those division matchups are going to be killer and i cannot wait to watch and that's it for the fair catch podcast for this week uh you can follow us at the fair catch pod uh, all lowercase, all one word, and fire in the DMs, get them answered, please, Swifties. If you need uh, explanation of the rules, I know football is confusing. You hit us up, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, I know pass interference sounds like what you want to do, but if it's still confusing you, send us a DM. We'll explain it to you right quick. It's Tom Brady's favorite. Anyway, we'll uh, see y'all next week. Uh, have a good weekend and enjoy football. See you next week. <laughs>